0: listening to the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Howard Tierski. Welcome, Howard. Hey, Bernie. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today on a great topic. Howard, you are a Wall Street Journal best-selling author, so you are no stranger to the stage or to podcasting. Your latest book, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance, is getting a lot of buzz. In fact, I love this quote. IDG says that you are one of the top 10 digital transformation influencers to follow today. That's fantastic. And since the Digital Irresistible podcast is all about the integration of digital technology and the customer experience, I'm super excited to share your thoughts with our audience on the premise that digital transformation starts with. The Customer Experience, which, of course, is insights from your latest book and, of course, your vast experience. So, Howard, before we get into it, let's begin where I always like to begin, and that's your introduction, your backstory. You you didn't get to be one of the top 10 digital transformation influencers to follow overnight, so tell us your backstory.
1: My backstory. Well, you know, I, I actually initially uh, had a goal of being in the theater. I, uh, I went to university to study theater directing. And okay. I, I did that professionally for a little bit when I graduated. And around the same time, uh, there was work to be had doing computer graphic design, doing things like CD ROM, uh, creating other kinds of interactive uh, tools for museums, for business. This is uh, before the internet was really a commercial uh, thing. And so that was what got me into the world of digital, such as it was back in those days. And we're talking about the early 90s. And so I happened to be at that you know, uh, at that place when the demand for the internet started to first spur, which was really so mild compared to what it was today. It was just a niche thing that companies started to want to have websites. And, uh, so I found myself in that situation where large companies, I had the opportunity to go in and explain to them, you know, what is a website? Why would you want one? Why are they not only for universities and government entities and to work with them on creating kind of step one, on that digital journey. And so I just was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and and be a part of that. And I've really just been, uh, I became transfixed by the potential for this as another kind of an interactive medium. Uh, And I loved many things about it that I loved in the theater. I loved the storytelling. I loved the connection sort of bringing together both design and technology and uh, the creative components of it. And I realized early on that I thought this was gonna be a huge business opportunity for many, in many, many different industries. And so I've, I've been doing that ever since really.
0: And you've also go ahead and share a little bit of your experience of, you know, you've had the privilege of working with some pretty large brands. So, you know, you didn't write this book in a vacuum. It was just, wasn't just a bunch of ideas that popped into your head. So share a little bit of that experience and, you know, some of the, the brands you work with and what you've learned from that.
1: Sure. Gosh, I've worked with you know many, many Fortune 1,000 companies, including Airbus, General Electric, General Motors, Office Depot, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Mattel, NBC, and on and on and on. I and it really has been a great privilege to get to see from the inside these companies as they have been working on transformation over the last number of years. And that was initially a transformation that was more mild in the early days, as we were simply looking to augment. Their existing businesses with digital channels. And today, of course, the companies that are the most successful are those that are really completely transforming their value proposition to their customer to align with the needs of today's radically shifted customer needs and expectations. And so, um, working with all those different companies and all those different industries. You know what I love about my role as you know a consultant and someone who works with an agency that works with a lot of companies is I get the the vantage point of seeing things across lots of companies, which means first of all I get the opportunity to see where something that's going on in one industry, like let's say media and entertainment, might be applicable in another industry like healthcare or financial services, and I also get to see the patterns that are common across large enterprises because that's that's where I focus is big companies and at big companies you have a lot of challenges to driving transformation, and it almost doesn't matter whether it's a bank or a large retailer or a media and entertainment company. You see a lot of similar patterns in why it's difficult to engage in the scale of change that's necessary to be successful today, and so when you see all those data points and you see lots of different companies trying to deal with change in different ways, and I've had the opportunity to help lead change and try a lot of different things, I've been privileged to be part of some really successful initiatives. And frankly, I've been part of some initiatives that really crashed and burned over the years. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Bill Gates, who said, success is a lousy teacher. And uh, I've had some really great teachers on some of those projects. And so it's, that's really helped me to put all those data points together and develop an approach that I use with clients today. And that I document in the book, about how do you approach transformation I would never say that the approach that I use is the one and only right way to do it. But I can tell you that there are a lot of wrong ways to do it. I've seen that out there. And so I'm happy to be able to at least offer the world an approach that I know works because I've used it at many companies successfully.
0: Terrific. You know, what comes to mind as I'm listening to you explain all that is that, you know, funny thing about business, Howard, is that whether you're a bank or you're selling automobiles or appliances or service, we all sell to people, human beings. And while there's different needs across different industries, there's still that common thread that that does really lend itself to the importance of the customer experience. But before we jump to the customer experience, I want to begin at 50,000 feet with you, Howard. And that is, I I want to ask you, what is your definition of digital transformation, broadly speaking, regardless of industry?
1: Sure. I like to think of digital transformation kind of in two layers. The first is this outer layer. If you're a company, before you start to think about your own digital transformation, it's the recognition that the world is undergoing a digital transformation and your customer is undergoing a digital transformation. And what does that mean? It simply means that they're living an increasingly digitally-centric lifestyle. Whatever it is that they're trying to do on any given day, whether that's shop or do their banking or plan their vacation or connect with their friends, You could probably struggle to find almost any aspect of their lives, of our lives, that isn't increasingly focused around some kind of a digital tool, a digital platform, an app, a website, a phone, uh, you know, et cetera. And so that's a very substantial shift in the behavior of your customer. And that means they have changing needs, changing expectations, et cetera. So that is the transformation of the world. And there ain't nothing you're going to do about that. Good luck trying to stop that. Right. That's right. And so, then as an individual company, digital transformation to me is really about saying it's not about any particular technology or anything like that, but rather about saying, okay, the world has become more digital. What do we need to do as a company to transform, to stay relevant in a world that has so dramatically changed? If we look at many great brands, I was talking in my live cast today about Sears. Sears at one time was the number one retailer in the United States. Yeah. Their revenue represented 1% of the GDP of the entire country.
0: Oh wow. About the that.
1: same as Amazon today. Amazon's revenue represents about 1% of the US GDP. And now they had they, you know they had over 35,000 stores I believe it was now they're down to you know a couple hundred stores or something like that maybe less. And this is a company that at one moment in time had their finger on the pulse of what the world needed but as the world changed They didn't change or didn't change fast enough, and so now, obviously, they're sort of irrelevant. And so I think that's the essence of digital transformation is to understand how your customers' needs have changed and to change your business to be hopefully even more relevant and not less relevant. And that's why I call my book, Winning Digital Customers, the antidote to irrelevance, because that's the risk that any company has today if they don't transform or transform fast enough.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, in your forward, the forward uh, in your book, written by Michelle McKenna, who's the uh, CIO of the NFL, the National Football League. Yeah, I like the story that she tells, Howard. She she talks about how she went through your process. She worked extensively with you and your team, and by helping to understand the emotional needs of the customer, they re-messaged the the vacation planning process. This is actually before she was with NFL. She was with Disney, right? We all know Disney. And she reframed the messaging around planning a vacation to dreaming because she came to understand the emotional need of adults when they're planning their vacation. They're dreaming about the experience that they're going to have. So that leads me to my next broadly high-level question. And that is, give us your definition of that customer experience, again, regardless of industry.
1: Sure. Well, customer experience is simply everything that happens to the customer at one way of defining it is as they interact with your brand, which is everything from when they see your ad or their, your catalog or pass your store on the street or hear about a, hear from a friend about their experience or read a review or walk into your store or use your app or your website or buy a product or return a product or, you know, everything. And you could even expand it. Beyond that, because customer experience is everything your customer does as they try to accomplish whatever task it is that your product or service sort of represents in the domain of their life. So, for example, if you're a dating app, their experience is not just when they're on your app, but it's their overall experience of dating and looking for a mate. Or if you're, you know, a a shopping app or let's say you're a car rental company, uh, it's not just what they do with you. It's, well, what causes them to want to rent a car? What causes them to decide that they should rent a car versus, I don't know, take a taxi or an Uber? What process do they use to figure out where they should get one from? And, and so on, all throughout the journey of from when a, a need is initially identified all the way through to when that need is satisfied. I think that's what we might call the duration of the an experience. And it's often made up of many different touch points, some of which a brand may control and some of which you don't like an external review or a referral from a friend or something that's posted on social media, et cetera. I think that's, that's the definition of customer experience. And I believe it's the single most important thing that any business can do to drive success is to think about strategically engineering and then measuring that customer experience to make sure it is doing what it is you have strategically engineered it to do.
0: Yeah. I think you know what business we're in at iCore, right? We're a business process outsourcing company. So we're engaged by brands, mid and large, to essentially engage with their customers when they're going through their customer experience. And far and away, the biggest trend that we're seeing, it's not unique to iCore, it's just what we're seeing in the industry, is the digital customer experience and an omni-channel customer experience and really giving the customer the opportunity to engage with the brand however they want to engage. Through whatever medium or channel they want to engage and then continue that that conversation, whether they start out on, on an iPad and they go to a smartphone, you know, and then they end up on email or chat or even on, on, on imagine that phone call, right? The old voice. Right. So again, that digital experience is, is, is everything in the world that we live in. Of course, we're all consumers, so we can all relate. Now, you have something in your book that you call the strategic customer experience model. And I, I wanted you to, to elaborate on. What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, So the model is something we created both to help conceptualize how to architect customer experiences and also how to explain to executives when you're seeking, for example, funding, uh, why customer experience is so important. Because there is a tendency for people to think it sounds like a good thing to have a good customer experience. I think you'd rarely go into a boardroom and have people say, you know, we should make our customer experience worse. You know, it's it's a kind of a motherhood and apple pie thing. But when you go and say, great, I need $50 million to redo the back end systems and to redesign the front ends and all that to make a better customer experience, then a lot of times it's like, you know, how good does it really need to be? You know, does it really need to be $50 million better? What could you do with a hundred thousand dollars? You could make some improvements for that. Right. And on the one hand, it's perfectly legitimate for people who are making decisions about funding to make sure that the money they invest is going to have a good ROI. Um, which means that we need to be able to explain why customer experience connects to the business results of a company. And that's what the strategic customer experience model is. And so... Essentially, it tries to answer the question, well, what difference does experience make anyway? And so it's in four levels, and I'll just give you a quick high level of it. So usually everyone is going to agree that there's some business goals that the company is trying to solve for. Things like, we'd like more revenue. We'd like that revenue to be more profitable. We'd like to lower our cost of sales. We'd like our customers to come back more often and buy bigger amounts at one time. Almost any company you talk to is going to say, yes, those are the end goals. The end goals tend to be very common. Great. So if you say, I have a way to do that, you're generally going to get people's agreement. But So what does experience have to do with that, though? Well, the next level is to say, well, well what drives those goals? What causes more revenue? What causes more profitability? And the answer is a number of different things. But there's one which is more important than everything else. And that one is customer behavior. If you can get your customers to do what you want them to do, you're probably running a wildly successful business. Now there are other things, your cost of goods, negotiating contracts, running a great, you know, other things. But, but in the end, if you can get your customers to behave the way you want them to, that will cover up a multitude of sins in other areas of your business. And if you can't get your customers to do what you want them to do and need them to do, then it probably doesn't matter that much if you've negotiated great prices with your suppliers for your raw materials, right? You are not running a successful business. So that's the most important thing to drive all those business outcomes we want. Revenue, profitability, valuation, et cetera. So what drives customer behavior? How do we get the customers to do what we want them to do? Well, the answer is if you look at psychology, what causes human behavior? Generally speaking, just two things cause human behavior. Thoughts and feelings. That's it. Why did you do what you did today? Why did you buy something? You either thought you needed it or you wanted it. You had a yearning. You believed it would make you look cool. You thought it would solve a problem. Thoughts and feelings drive behavior. And I'm just giving you the quick high-level version. Sure. But what create thoughts and feelings is experiences. You weren't born with all these thoughts and feelings. They came from the combination of your experiences. And so our best opportunity as a business to influence thoughts and feelings, which influence behavior, which influence business results is to create experiences, which strategically are strategically engineered to create. It's not just creating experiences, but experiences which create the thoughts and feelings, which then create the behaviors, which drive the business results. So the work of customer experience isn't just to make something nice, to make something pretty, to make something comfortable, but to say, what are the thoughts and feelings that I need to trigger? And research is needed to answer this question for right. any given business. If I'm trying to sell tax preparation services, what are the thoughts and feelings that lead someone to hire my company to do their tax preparation? I trust the company. I'm fearful of doing it on my own, right? Those are thoughts and feelings, whatever it may be. So you need to figure out what are the thoughts and feelings that lead someone to take that action, and then what kinds of experiences create those thoughts and feelings. And for example, we might creatively come up with some different ideas and then test them to see do they trigger those thoughts and feelings? Right. Once you've figured out which experiences trigger the thoughts and feelings and trigger the behaviors that drive business results, that's the key to success. And yeah. That's that comes
0: full circle back to the point I made earlier about how, you know, we're regardless of the industry, we're selling to human beings. So when you understand their thoughts and feelings, then you've got a greater chance of creating the, the right experience. Howard, one final question before I get to the actual final question. And that is, um, how can businesses learn along the way? I mean, a lot of the brands that you work with and brands that, you know, read your book, people that brands that read your book have been in business for years, decades in some cases. How can they learn today? We're recording this, you know, near near the end of 2021. How can they learn today how to adapt, how to evolve, how to change their customer experience to, to maximize the opportunity for their business and of course the, the outcome that the customers want?
1: Well, uh I think it starts from customer research, understanding where your current friction points are, where your customers are experiencing pain or frustration or confusion and whatnot. I think it it partly includes internalizing the ideas I was just talking about about the importance of customer experience, and then uh, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book are, are different practices like design thinking and agile devops, very proven practices that enable companies to quickly go from understanding an insight where there might be an opportunity to create a better customer experience, an insight that tells us what kinds of experiences might drive the ultimate results we want, to actually making it happen. Because it's one thing to have an idea, and it's another thing to execute it effectively. And customer expectations today are very high, which means the quality of what we deliver, it has to be easy, it has to be convenient, it has to be omni-channel, as you said earlier, it has to be well-tested, it has to work across a lot of devices, and so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of, it, it's not easy, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel either. There's right. a lot of proven practices. And I think it's just a matter of bringing in the people that know how to do it. I think the best way, you know, the reality is you asked how companies can learn. And the truth is, I know what you mean, of course, but companies don't learn. They're not, they are incapable of learning. They're just collections of people is all people can learn. And so that means if, if you want your company to learn, You really mean that you need people with knowledge, and there's basically two ways, training and hiring. And so I think most companies should be doing both. They should be training their employees in these principles, customer research, agile DevOps, design thinking, uh, services-based architecture, these types of things. And they should be hiring people with those skills and knowledge, so they're not only reliant on people who've just learned these things. And that combination, I think you can transform pretty quickly into a company that now, quote, unquote, knows how to do something that it previously did not know how to do.
0: Fantastic. Well said. Thank you, Howard. Howard, before I get to my fun question, uh, I just want to remind our, our viewers and listeners, uh, your book, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance. Howard, where would you like to send people to learn more about the book and, and get it?
1: Sure. Well, uh, you can probably find it wherever you like to buy books, but the, uh, there is a website for the book at winningdigitalcustomers.com. And if you go there, you can actually download the first chapter for free. And there's links to Amazon and Apple books and Barnes and Noble and all the other places where you would expect to find it.
0: Fantastic. And we will link, link up that website on our blog post for this episode, uh, at iCore.com. So thank you for sharing that. And now we're now we get, we get to the final question, the fun question. I always like to ask, it's just a custom that we have here on the Digitally Irresistible podcast. And that is, we want to know when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun?
1: Well, I just want to say, I think all of these have been fun questions, first of all. So uh, <laughs> answering people's questions on podcasts, maybe I'd put that. But I, I guess that constitutes work. So, um, you know, I love to scuba dive. And so uh, theres I have five kids, so certainly spending time with them, it, I would say qualifies as fun, at least most of the time. Uh, and what I really love is to take my kids scuba diving. So my my oldest daughter, Rachel, she's 19 now. She's a student at Dartmouth. She went off and got her dive master certification. So she's really hardcore into scuba diving. And uh, several of my other kids are also certified. and. We've been all around the world uh, scuba diving, seeing the great coral reefs of this uh, planet. And it's, uh, it's a transformative experience to spend time underwater with the marine life and just get into a whole other world and feel like you're flying. So that's a tremendous uh, joy to me when I have time.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, you you live transformation in every area of your life. So that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And Howard, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be with me here on this episode of the Digitally Resistible Podcast, your book, again, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance, all about digital transformation, what it means to every business, the, the importance of the customer experience. And again, I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time to share your thoughts and insights with us here today.
1: Of course, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Bernie.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digital Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.